Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Good afternoon, evening, or morning. This is your old Uncle Mosh with Raiders Fan Radio, and you are in for a treat. Sit back and get ready to listen to one of the most insanely knowledgeable people you will ever meet talk about our beloved Raiders. Another episode coming your way of Silver and Black Flashback by Rich Schmelter, the author of the Raiders Encyclopedia. Love you, Raider Nation! Damn, that felt so good. Yes, here we are once again for the start of another season of Silver and Black Flashback. Now, normally, I finish the show with those three words but I am so excited to be back that I felt it was a perfect way to kick off the third season of the show. But hey, it's a damn good bet that I will finish it that way as well. Trust me on that one, folks. Also, as always, thank you, Uncle Mosh, for that awesome intro to Silver and Black Flashback. I hope to keep on earning that praise you give me. And never to be left out is my man Murph. And along with Swag Jeff and Michelle... You make up the best team in all of Raider Nation. And Murph, thank you so much for the great opportunity you give me to be a part of Raiders Fan Radio, as well as having the chance to be a part of a network that helps out so many through the One Nation Foundation that benefits Raiders-related charities. And to all the silver and black faithful listening around the world, I am proud as hell to bring you stories of the people and moments that helped make our Raiders history so glorious. And with all that being said, Why not get on with this, our time together once again on Silver and Black Flashback. With the new season upon us, I thought it would be great to kick it all off with a trip back to one of the greatest regular season openers in our badasses' glorious history. Coming into the 1976 season, our Raiders were losers of three straight AFC Championship games. Now, in all fairness, they lost to the Miami Dolphins in 1973 and the Pittsburgh Steelers in 74 and 75. And those two teams came away as Super Bowl champions. So it wasn't like our Raiders lost to a poor team that just got lucky in the playoffs. Far from it. The Dolphins and Steelers of that time are still considered two of the greatest teams in NFL history. But that still didn't ease the burden of hearing that even though the Raiders were posting great regular season records. They just couldn't break through and win the Super Bowl. The competitive fire to finally break through burned in every Raider that felt the ugly sting of defeat over those three seasons, and they looked to the 1976 season to prove that they could conquer their demons of defeat. And speaking of those demons, when the 1976 regular season schedule came out, the Raiders' main demon, the hated Pittsburgh Steelers, were set to invade the Oakland Coliseum on opening day, September 12, 1976, to start off what they hoped would end with a third straight Super Bowl championship. The schedule makers were brilliant when they decided to open the regular season with a revival of the Pittsburgh-Oakland Bloodfest. Now simply put, 
the Raiders and Steelers truly hated each other in the mid to late 70s. Their clashes were the most intense rivalry professional football offered at that time. Both teams were at the top of the pro football world, and usually their games against each other had championship implications attached to them. The hitting and hatred was real, and the animosity gained momentum with each meeting. There was a playoff atmosphere surrounding the Oakland Coliseum for this opening day matchup. With a crowd of 52,718 fanatical Raider fans in attendance, the Raiders won the coin toss and elected to receive the opening kickoff on a partly cloudy, 65-degree day in Northern California. Carl Garrett returned Roy Gerilla's kickoff to the Oakland 34. Nine plays later, the Raiders drove down to the Pittsburgh 30, but stalled from there. Rookie kicker Fred Steinfort, who was in his first ever regular season game after replacing the legendary George Blanda, was called upon to attempt a 47-yard field goal, but the kick was blocked. The Raider defense then made quick work of the Steelers on their first offensive series, holding them to a mere two yards on three plays before Oakland got possession back on their own 18 following a punt. The Raiders had another long drive stopped once again, this time by free safety Glenn Edwards, who intercepted a Ken Stabler pass in the end zone that was intended for Cliff Branch. The Steelers got past midfield for the first time, but after reaching the Oakland 35, Rocky Blyer fumbled after a gain of seven yards, and linebacker Monty Johnson recovered the ball on the Oakland 27 with a minute 45 remaining in the first quarter. The Raiders then finished off the opening quarter with a pass completion from Snake Stabler to fullback Mark Van Egan for a gain of 16 that got the ball to the Pittsburgh 45 as time expired. Stabler opened up the second quarter with a 14-yard pass completion to Cliff Branch, which was followed by two runs from Van Egan that totaled 11 yards and got the ball to the Pittsburgh 20. Defensive tackle Steve Furness then sacked Stabler for a loss of 10 yards, but that did not unnerve the Raiders. For on second and 20, Stabler connected on a pass to tight end Dave Casper down the left sideline for a touchdown with 12.52 to go in the second quarter. Steinfort then recorded his first regular season point as an NFL kicker by adding the conversion that made the score 7-0 in favor of our beloved Raiders. The teams then exchanged punts over the next nine minutes, and also during that time, Roy Girilla missed a 20-yard field goal for the Steelers. During their next offensive series, the Steelers started a drive from their own 14, and with quarterback Terry Bradshaw hitting on three passes for 74 yards during the drive, the Steelers got the ball to the Oakland 2. The big play of that drive came on a 39-yard pass and catch to Franco Harris in the middle of the field that got the ball to the Oakland 5. Two plays later, Rocky Blyer made up for his earlier fumble by powering his way up the middle for a two-yard touchdown run with one minute to go in the second quarter. Jarilla added the tying extra point kick, and the Raiders just ran the clock out to end the first half with a 7-7 ball game. This game helped to add gasoline to an already burning inferno between these two teams, when in the second quarter, defensive back George Atkinson lived up to his hitman style of play by blasting Pittsburgh's star-wide receiver and reigning Super Bowl MVP Lynn Swan with a blindside clothesline hit that knocked Swan unconscious. Pittsburgh head coach Chuck Knoll then referred to Atkinson as part of a criminal element within the league.
The hit and the attention it brought quickly made its way to NFL Commissioner Pete Rozelle, who fined Atkinson $1,500. Within a few months, Atkinson sued Knoll for slander with a cash amount of $2 million attached to it. In July of 1977, the case went before a jury, and this case will be covered in full detail on another episode of Flashback later this year. But for now, let's get back to this game. For the first six and a half minutes of the third quarter, the teams once again exchanged punts after failing to keep a drive going. Then, on Pittsburgh's third offensive series of the second half, three straight runs by Blyer gained 14 yards. From the Pittsburgh 37 on second and eight, Franco Harris ran up the middle for a gain of 25 yards to the Oakland 38 and then lateraled the ball to wide receiver John Stallworth, who took it the rest of the way for a touchdown to complete a quick four-play, 77-yard scoring drive with six minutes and 46 seconds left in the third quarter. Jarilla's conversion kick then gave the Steelers a 14-7 lead. The Raiders' following offensive series ended quickly as Glenn Edwards got his second interception of the game off Stabler. On the drive's fourth play from the Oakland 34, Stabler launched a pass intended for running back Clarence Davis, but Edwards picked it off on the Pittsburgh 27. After forcing the Steelers to punt, the Raiders got the ball back with 2 minutes and 14 seconds left in the third quarter. Unfortunately, the drive was a bad, quick one. A holding penalty dropped the Raiders back 9 yards, but Stabler followed that up with a 14-yard pass to Casper. The drive then ended on the next play when linebacker Jack Ham intercepted a Stabler pass intended for Fred Belitnikoff on the Oakland 24 with 1.22 left in the quarter. In the opening minute of the fourth quarter, the defending Super Bowl champion Steelers scored on an 11-yard pass from Terry Bradshaw to Theo Bell, and with Roy Jarilla's extra point kick, Pittsburgh was now up 21-7. Fred Belentnikoff then closed the gap to 21-14 when he made a diving catch of a 21-yard pass from Stabler to complete a 7-play, 67-yard drive with 10 minutes and 46 seconds left in the game. Steinfort added the extra point that pulled the Raiders to within seven points of Pittsburgh. The Steelers struck back quick with an eight-play, 84-yard drive capped off by a Franco Harris six-yard run to make it a 28-14 game with six minutes left. That scoring drive ate up four minutes, and at this point, Pittsburgh appeared to be in complete control. It became even more apparent that the Steelers were going to put one in the win column after Stabler was intercepted by Mel Blount on the first play of Oakland's next series, and Pittsburgh took over possession on the Oakland 17. Momentum then took a turn in Oakland's direction and resulted in a fantastic finish for the Silver and Black. It looked like the Steelers were going to make this a blowout, but then Franco Harris fumbled on the fourth play of the drive and linebacker Monty Johnson recovered the ball on the Oakland 25. Stabler quickly rebounded from his previous interception by taking the Raiders 75 yards in five plays that resulted in a touchdown. In this quick drive, Stabler hit on four passes that covered 72 yards, with the last one going to Dave Casper for a 10-yard touchdown. Steinfort's conversion then brought Oakland to within seven points with three minutes remaining with the score now at 28-21. Warren Bankston, was the next to play a pivotal role for the Silver and Black as he partially blocked a punt on the Pittsburgh 32 
and Charlie Phillips picked up the loose ball and advanced it three yards to give Oakland possession on the Pittsburgh 29 with one minute and 47 seconds left. After three Stabler passes failed to advance the ball, the Raiders were facing a do-or-die fourth and ten situation. Stabler once again dropped back to pass and managed to get away from Pittsburgh's fierce Mean Joe Green. Still upright, Snake found Cliff Branch at the 11, and the gifted speedster ran it down to the 2 with 109 to go. With extra blocking from three tight ends, Stabler ran a bootleg to the left. With a solid wall of protection in front of him, he scored with ease. Steinfort did not rattle, and his conversion kick split the uprights to tie the game at 28-28 with just one minute showing on the clock. On Pittsburgh's first play following the ensuing kickoff, quarterback Terry Bradshaw received heavy pressure from Oakland's defensive line. His pass was deflected by tackle Dave Rowe and intercepted by linebacker Willie Hall. Now, with 50 seconds left, the Raiders were on Pittsburgh's 12-yard line. Two carries by Pete Banaszak moved the ball eight yards. With 21 seconds to go, Steinfort kicked the winning field goal from 21 yards out to make it a 31-28 final. Even though Steinfort was a rookie, he got heavy exposure to pressure kicking early in the season and came through like a champion. Also coming through like a champion for our Raiders was Ken Snake Stabler, who threw for a career-high 342 yards on 21 of 38 pass attempts and three touchdowns. This was a great moral victory for the Raiders as well. After being snuffed out of the playoffs three of the previous four seasons by the Steelers, the Raiders rallied against their nemesis and looked to build on momentum for one of the greatest victories in the history of our franchise. The Raiders felt that the entire season rested on this game, and that must have been the case because they ran off 12 more victories during the regular season on their way to an NFL best 13-1 record and then beat the Steelers once again three months later in the AFC Championship game before mauling the Minnesota Vikings 32-14 for their first ever Super Bowl victory. And with that, we have come to the end of our season opener together. Before ending this episode, I have so many people to give respect to. Kevin the Raider Nerd, thanks so much for the kind words and reaching out to me on Facebook. You rock, my man. And to a newcomer to the show, Spencer, good luck in your senior year, my friend. To Matt and Bruce, you are always there to support me. You two are the very best. During my off-season away from Silver and Black Flashback, I was busy working on some writing projects. Bruce and Janine, my favorite power couple, helped me shape up a project on Marilyn Monroe that I will be releasing very soon. Thanks so much, my favorite power couple, and I want that pick of both of you from Gladstones in Malibu for the book. To Cody, who formatted and designed the cover of two projects, Professional Football Goes Hollywood and Championship Diary, which tells the story of our beloved Raiders' victory in Super Bowl eighteen. And Raider Nation, if you get a chance, please check out Championship Diary on Amazon. Murph also has the link to it on his show. Cody, my friend, I could have not have done it without you and look forward to many more projects with you, with a few dealing with our Raiders. To Josh H. and Jim P., two longtime listeners and very funny people. I see you both got some new kick-ass t-shirts that I still can't figure out, but what the hell, they make you happy. Never stop wearing them, as if anyone could get you to do it. And finally, to Bamba 
who always says, love you, Raider Nation, every time we see each other. So, Bamba, my man, hope the married life is treating you well, and this closing line is dedicated to you. And here it comes, my faithful followers. Let's all join in together. Ready? Love you, Raider Nation! When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.